All right, patrons, I promised you an audio archive, and an audio archive you shall have. Uh, I think at the, the moment of recording, only two of you get to hear this, so here's your $5 worth, you swells. This is the story of why my Patreon is named Clawgeifs, rather than something um, pronounceable and easy to remember. So here we go. The rich mountain lands of Gwyneth in northern Wales lay under the protection of the wizards Math and Gwydion. Okay, let's stop there. Um, Math Methonwy is a very powerful wizard in Welsh mythology. In fact, if you uh, take a look at the deities and demigods uh, source book from first edition D&D, he is listed as, I believe, the god of magic under the, the Celtic, um, Celtic section. Uh, that's not really strictly accurate, uh, but Gygax was, like, weirdly accurate about how much people could carry and played kind of fast and loose with with mythologies and, and other things. Mind you, it's harder to pin down a mythology than an encumbrance, so, you know, there you go. Um, right, so we've already got a tangent. That's great. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Before any of the glue claw Gyph stuff happened, uh, one of Gwydion's friends, actually Gwydion's cousin, uh, became enamored of Math uh, Methonwy's virgin footholder. Uh, why he had to have a virgin to hold his feet, I don't know, but I'm just going to suggest that uh, a, a number of uh, people on, on OnlyFans and other such sites could have made a lot of money selling foot pics uh, to the chief wizard in Wales, right? So, Gwydion, you know, who's apparently there for his cousin, wants his cousin to be able to fool around uh, with uh, uh, Math's footholder. So what he does now, what he does... Um, actually, I'm sorry, they're not cousins, they're brothers. Never mind. It's uh, Gilfaithwy and Gwydion, right? The two brothers... Gilfaith, we, and Gwydion. Now, I'm making a mistake because I'm trying to pronounce a Celtic language phonetically, and that's not ever going to work, so I'm sure I'm mispronouncing all of the names in this uh, this explanation, but uh, you, you have an explanation, so hopefully that's enough. Okay, so Gilfaith, we, has the hots for Gowin. That's G-O-E-W-I-N, so Gowin, who's math's virgin footholder. Gwydion has a bright idea to start a war between North and South Wales so that Math is distracted and Gilfaithwy can have a chance to go be with Gowen. Now, this is, um, I'm using euphemisms, uh, because I really should have had a content warning at the beginning of this thing, so there's a content warning. Um, as far as the legend goes, uh, Gilfaithwy and Gwydion do not obtain Gowen's consent for what happens. Now, um, some of you might see the similarities between this and uh, the conception of uh, King Arthur, right, where uh, Uther, where Merlin turned Uther into a, uh, a facsimile of, uh, I believe the, the man's name was Gorlais, so uh, Uther, could, um, Uther could have sex with his wife. Now, if you've seen, uh, oh gosh, what's that, uh, Excalibur, there we go, that film, um, 
apparently uh, Uther doesn't take off his plate mail before this happens, which I think is um, I think is a bit much. But anyway, back to the tale of uh, Clue Claw Gypes. We're we're getting there. Uh, so basically, Gwydion goes out uh, after starting this war, uh, and basically he kills the High King of South Wales in single combat, and the men of uh, South Wales turn back and are grumbling. Now, Matt finds out what happened to Gowen, and he is really angry at Gilfaithwy and Gwydion, and he says, okay, uh, I am going to turn you two into deers, uh, deer, rather, pigs, and wolves. And the thing is that they take turns being male and female. So Gilfaithwy is uh, a, a, a doe, hind deer, as they might have called it back then, or that's not even true, but hind is a sort of an archaic word for doe. Uh, so Gilfaithwy is female when they're deer. They're deer for a year. And uh, they do what deer do, and there's a kid, and the fawn, right, gets sent to math. Then they're pigs, and this time Gilfaithwy is a boar, and Gwydion is a sow, and they do what pigs do, and they have a piglet, and the piglet gets sent to math. And then they're wolves, and Gwydion is uh, a male wolf, and Gilfaithwy is a, a female wolf, and they do what wolves do. And apparently they manage to have a litter of one, you know? I don't know, I mean, like, I understand with the, the, the fawn, but with the pigs and the wolves, you'd think, anyway. So the wolf pup goes to Math, and I, I guess Math eventually turns all three of them into uh, a men, um, and gives them names that mean deer man, pig man, and, and wolf man, respectively. But they don't come into the rest of the story. How about that? So this whole first part was a tangent. I hope you enjoyed that part. So then Math is still angry because he's like, hey, man, I need a virgin footholder. And Gwydion's like, well, I don't want a kink shame. And Math says, you want to spend another year as an animal? And Gwydion says, all right, no, I don't. Uh, but if you're looking for a virgin footholder, how about my sister, Orionrod? And, uh... Math says, well, is she a virgin? And Gwydion says, yeah, sure, she's a virgin. Uh, Orion Rod is not, like, super thrilled at this situation, because, like, who would be? Like, I don't know what the rates of compensation are for, you know, lifetime companion back in mythical Wales, but I can't imagine that the benefits are any good. you got to hold an old wizard's feet. I mean, maybe bathe them. I don't, I don't know. So, Arianrod comes in to get tested for virginity, which is gross, and there's a rapper who does that to his daughter, which is also gross. Um, and during the test for virginity, you know, she's asked, are you a virgin? And she says yes, and she manages to have two kids during the virginity test, which I, I think is a cute trick. And, and one of them uh, apparently falls into the water and swims away, uh, that's the bigger one, and the smaller one uh, is picked up by Gwydion. Now, Orionrod is pretty peeved at this whole situation, and, and then um, she just takes off, right? She, she has a kid, she doesn't care. Um, Gwydion raises the kid, who grows twice as fast as a child should grow by the time he's... Um, by the time he's four, uh, he looks like a child of eight. And it's time for him to get named. And, you know, Gwydia goes to Orionrod. And Orionrod is like, 
I am not going to, uh, he will have no name until he gets one from me, and I'm not ever going to give him a name. Now, some of you may ask why people in mythology don't ever get uh, help for the issues that they have, and my answer is that psychology had not been invented yet, but I could imagine that a decent therapist could have made a lot of money in Mythical Wales, because Orionrod has some issues that she is not willing to confront. So, one day, uh, a ship sails into the harbor around Orion Rod's castle, and uh, the ship carries shoemakers, and they're making shoes of Spanish leather, which are fit for a queen, and Bob Dylan is singing about those boots for some reason. Uh, so Orion Rod wants shoes for herself, uh, and the shoemakers are like, well, you can't, we can't make the shoes unless you come down here, and I guess it's for a fitting, right? So she comes down, and she uh, she sees on the deck of the ship there's just an old shoemaker and his yellow-haired apprentice, and they're stitching away at the leather. And uh, she bids them good day, and as she does that, a tiny wren lighted on the head of the mast. And then uh, the kid throws a stone and kills the wren, and Orion Rod cries, Oh, well shot, fair-haired, skillful hand. Well, fair-haired, skillful hand translates as Craw Geifs, right? Uh, now, the clue, because his full name is L-L-E-U space um, L-L-A-W space G-Y-F-F-E-S. So that's Clue Claw Geifs, right? Nobody knows what the first word actually means. There's a lot of contention over uh, um, what it's supposed to be. A lot of people think that um, this loop, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, related to the, the Irish Lou, which is L-U-G-H, uh, who, I, I mean, their origin stories aren't really all that similar. Uh, their their stories, period, aren't really all that similar, but the names are, and um, the fact that his, his full name translates, ends up translating as skillful hand, right, that that's part of it, might be something, because... Uh, uh, Lou, the Irish Lou, is considered to be uh, sort of a, a god of, of, of skills, and we don't need to talk about that right now. Um, I also missed my chance to talk about the whole turning into animals thing being a repeating motif, so I'm not going to do that. But just rest assured that the whole getting turned into an animal as a punishment thing shows up in uh, a bunch of folk songs from a much later era. So that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so that's where this name of the Patreon comes from, right? Fair-haired, skillful hand. Uh, I don't know why, I just happen to like it, so there we go. Now, some of you may be wondering, Seth, you might say to yourselves, Seth, what is the rest of the story of this kid? Like, he just got his name, which none of us can pronounce, and which you've appropriated for your Patreon, at least the part that people can translate, um, but we don't know what happens to him. And I'm like, well, all right. I mean, this is, this is for the audio archive. I will tell you the rest of the story. So, Orion Rod, once she realizes she's been tricked, uh, is very angry and says, all right, all right, that's fine. But he is not going to get any arms, like no weapons, until, until I give them to him, Right? And I will never arm him. So Gwydion's like, all right, all right, fine. Uh, so one day, Orion Rod is looking out the window of her castle. And uh, 
she sees uh, a mighty fleet of warships. Now, uh, a couple of bards had shown up the night before, and because of, like, you know, bards being important and guest right and all that stuff, uh, Orion Rod is taking them, taking them into her castle, and she's like, okay, okay, there's a bunch of warships coming. Uh, I need some help. Hey, bards, take this, uh, take these arms and armor. And no sooner do they have them than Gwydion goes, ha ha, but it was me and your kid the whole time. And Orion Rod is like, I am not, um, I'm not having any of this. Uh, this is the second time you've done this. Uh, I refuse to deal with any more of this. So he is not going to have a wife from any race on earth at this time, suggesting that perhaps later there will be different, actual different races. Like maybe Orion Rod's like, no, he's going to have a cool alien wife at some point. Uh, but Gwydion is like, that's not, that's really not cool. Uh, he's got to have a wife. Now, I like to look at, like, the letter of these curses, because the, uh, Gaius and Gaesa, um, in, in Irish mythology are pretty important, but it's always like, they're, they're going to get you with the letter of the law. So I like to turn that, uh, around and look at the letter of the law of, you know, the Gaius that people have. So, you know, who can't have a wife? But there's nothing saying that he can't have a long-term live-in girlfriend, right? Nobody's nobody's saying that. Uh, nobody's saying he can't take a lover. It's just it's specifically he can't have a wife. So there's ways to get around this. But um, Gwydion and Math thought that the best way to do that was to create a wife for him out of flowers. And they named her Laduet. And that's B-L-O-D-E-U-W-E-D-D. Lodoweth, I assume. And, uh, yeah. And what that means is uh, is flower face, which you might have noticed is uh, that's what the, uh, the $1 folks are. And uh, that is because I couldn't think of another name to put in the, uh, the $1 slot. So that's, that's, where, that's where we are. Uh, this does not reflect uh, on my feelings on you, $1 people, who are probably not ever going to hear this because you're $1 folks. Uh, but it's just, it's it's the next name, I guess, of importance. I could have used Orion Rod, but she, like, I will say that this myth is fairly misogynistic. None of, none of the women come out ahead at all. Uh, but uh, I thought Blodoweth was slightly better than, uh, or I think I did call it Flower Face. Anyway, I thought that was slightly better than Orion Rod. So the problem is that being made of flowers, uh, Blodoweth doesn't really have um, a moral compass uh, because flowers don't have that. So some hunters show up at Lou's castle, Lou's castle, and they're like, hey, can you give us shelter for the night? We're a little bit lost. And uh, because of, you know, guest right and hospitality and all that, um, Blodwith says, sure. And then she sees their leader, whose name is Garanwi. And she's like, well, uh, I know what I'm doing now. And it's this guy. So they start an affair. And um, let's ask, would polyamory have solved what happens next? Because Blodwith decides, or Blodwith and Garanwi decide, let's not blame her entirely for this, Blodwith and Garanwi decide that they, the best way for them to be together is to kill Clue. So the answer 
to the question, would polyamory, would polyamory have solved it, is no, um, at least not with the way uh, people are written in this, uh, because Bladwith and Garan, we are both bad news. Uh, Bladwith goes to Lou, and she says, I'm worried. I'm worried because you're away fighting all the time, and I'm worried that you're going to be killed. And he says, don't worry. You don't have to worry about me being killed. Because, like Steven Seagal, I'm hard to kill. Uh, and what he means by that in this context is that in order for somebody to kill him, right, the first thing they'd have to do is make a spear. And the spear can only uh, be made like you have to work only on holy days to make the spear. Now, one thing about that is it's not really clear uh, where that comes from, right? Because uh, working on holy days would have been taboo in medieval Christian society, and uh, it, it might even be that it, it would have been taboo back in mythological wealth. Welsh society, but it's not clear what the holy days are. Does he mean that like you can only work on these on Sundays or feast days or, or whatnot? But anyway, the spear can only be made by somebody who works on it on a holy days, which is really difficult because you've got to heat the metal, you've got to do what you need to do, you've got to get it into a spearhead, and then you've got to stop because you're not quite finished, and then you've got to wait till the next holy day, and then you've got to do that whole thing again, and you have to do that without ruining the metal, which I think might be a little bit tough. Um, and then, of course, you've got to make the shaft of the spear, and you have to do the whole thing, right? But even if you make the spear, you can't kill Lou, uh, Clue, because... He cannot be killed in a house or out of doors. He cannot be killed when he is on horseback or on foot. He cannot be killed on dry land or, or in the water. Uh, so, uh, Blodowith is like, well, I mean, you can't be killed then. There's no such place. And uh, uh, Lou's like, no, I mean, except like, you know, there's there's baths. There's, they have those baths near rivers, so you have a, a, a source of fresh water. And Blodowith is like, oh, oh, okay. So she tells Garanwi he works for a year building the spear, right? Now, then Garanwi's like, I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm going to tip this motherfucker in poison. And he does. And then they go down to the bath because Blodowith is like, I just want to build one so you can show me that how, how you would have to be so that nobody, you'd have to be killed. But I just want to see this uh, so that I know how not to have you stand so you won't have anything to worry about. So he puts one foot on the rim of the bath. He puts one foot on the back of a goat, right? Can't be killed on horse or off it, but nobody said anything about goat back. And once he does that, Garanwi steps out of the shadows and he casts a spear and the shaft breaks, but the spear pierces Lou's side and he turns into a great wounded golden eagle and flies away, right? So then um, Gwydion hears about this, and he walks all over the place uh, looking for um, looking for Clue, and he can't find him until he hears right that the far that there's this farmer who has a sow who disappears every morning and comes back full right. So he follows the sow. And the beast is feeding on rotten flesh. And he looks up, and he sees in the branches of the tree, there's a great golden eagle, which is constantly shivering. And as it shivers, it drops flesh that the sow eats. 
So we could assume that in addition to being a golden eagle, like this is a huge golden eagle because I cannot imagine like how much flesh you have to be able to have to feed a pig for days and days on end, right? That is a that is a lot of flesh that you need to have. So this is a big golden eagle. And Gwydion knows what's up. So he sings a bunch of charms. He gets the eagle back. Uh, Gwydion strikes the bird. I guess you have to hit somebody to get him out of the uh, the the shape change that they're in. It turns into Clue, and Gwydion takes him home to where Math is, and they start trying to fix him. Math being like, well, you know, it's not the kid's fault that his mother wasn't a virgin, and uh, I need to fix this kid. So they fix the kid, and then they get an army to go after Blodowith and Garanwi, which is a thing that you'd think that those two would have thought about before they're like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to um, we're going to kill Lou, right? And they didn't think about it, and I would have. I would have been like, well, he's the nephew of one of the most powerful enchanters in the country, who is in turn the nephew of the most powerful enchanter in the country, so let's maybe not piss these guys off. You know, they could have just run away together, and that would have been one thing, but no, they had to try to kill Clue first, right? Like, Gwydion and Math aren't going to come after them with vengeance on their minds, which is what they do. And uh, Garanwi and uh, Blodowith know that they are uh, th they are no match for what's happening. So Blodowith uh, is, you know, frightened because Gwydion and Math, you know, created her out of flowers again. So she runs and she runs and she runs, and Gwydion is always behind her. Uh, there's a little, there's a little Terminator aspect to this, right? She's running and he's always behind her. Uh, and then she gets to the top of a mountain, uh, and she could go no farther. Like her only choice is to jump off. And Gwydion's like, I'm not going to kill you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn you into a bird, but it'll be a bird that never shows its face in the light of day. So he turns her into an owl. Uh, and he says, you will never lose your name. So this particular kind of owl is known as Blodoweth or Flowerface. And I wish I could tell you which kind of owl it is. Uh, I don't know. But the illustration in the book is it's the one with the sort of the weird sort of flat face that's white and whatnot. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. Just go look up owls, right? It's an owl. So then uh, Garanwi is like, well, I can't stand up to this force. Uh, uh, what will you take as payment as the crime? Because at the time, right, you could pay to excuse murder. There's something called Weirgild, W-E-R-E-G-I-L-D, and that translates as man-gold, right? Weir is man, like werewolf, man-wolf, all that good stuff. And essentially you're saying, I have killed somebody, I am making restitution, here is my amount of money. And Garanwi's trying to do that, and Gwydion's like, no, uh, or, uh, sorry, Clue is like, no, Garanwi's got to stand where I stood when he cast the spear, and I will stand where he stood, and I will cast a spear at him, which is very eye for an eye. Uh, and then Garanwi uh, says, uh, I could appoint a champion. Does anybody want to be my champion? And everybody's like, no, you kind of brought this on yourself, dude. Uh, and then Garanwi gets to where Clue was standing when Garanwi cast the spear, and Garanwi's like, hey, um... But what if I got to hold a rock in front of my body before you cast the spear? 
And Clue is like, uh, you know what? Sure, go ahead. Put a, put a rock, hold a rock in front of your body and I'll cast a spear. So then Clue throws a spear. It goes right through the stone, goes right through the rock, right through Garanwi's body, and Garanwi dies. And uh, there is a stone with a hole in it, and it was still there. To, it was called the Stone of Garanwi, and it was there uh, supposedly hundreds of years later. And the place of the spear throw was called the Hill of Battle. Now, I don't know what that is in Welsh, uh, and I don't know where you'd go to find it. I assume there's some probably somebody running a mythical Wales tour, and uh, maybe they know. But that is the end of the story of Clue Clock Ives, at least that part of the story. I think there's more. Um, I'd have to check out the Mabinogian to be sure, but that's the part that tells the story of why the podcast has its name. And there you go. That's why the podcast has its name. <coughs> does it make sense? No, it does not make a whole lot of sense. Basically, basically I like the skillful hand part of things. Um, so I could have just, I suppose, caused it, called this the Skillful Hand Podcast, but I also like Celtic names, uh, even though I can't pronounce them half the time. So here you go. The Clog Ice Podcast. Fair-haired, skillful hand. That's what it means. Now you've got the story. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, I'll see you soon on either How I Spent My Allowance or Arrow Chapter and Verse. Have a good night, everybody.